What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sean Pastuch, and today is a special edition of the podcast. It's something that we're going to be playing around with. We're going to see if we like it. We're going to see if you like it. So if you guys could shoot us messages both to our email, to our direct message, and let us know at Active Life Rx. And you can send Larry, because that's what we're talking about here. We have Larry Geyer. You can say again. I don't think they heard you. Heard what? You say hello. Oh, hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> that is a that is a deep, masculine voice. This is going to definitely add value to the podcast. <laughs> so the idea of this type of edition is that um, I regularly am having conversations with Larry, and those conversations are regularly making both of us better, both as individuals, as coaches, as professionals. And the idea is that we can take the information that we discuss on a regular basis and bring it to you guys and see what you think of it. And Larry doesn't always agree with me on stuff. So it'll be fun to have these conversations and to have him disagree, provide his perspective and not have me try to convince him that he's wrong. It'll just be interesting to hear what you guys think of it. Right? Yeah. I'd like to add one thing that I'd say that it probably, that our conversations in general probably, um, like help you a little more than they help me. Sure. <laughs> that's one, one thing I would change about your intro. Yeah. Other that, than that, it was great. That, that's good. Um, and that's probably true. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm in my own little bubble, right? I sit, I sit in the office most of the day and I'm, I'm trying to convince myself that I'm right about things. So it's true. No, you're doing a good job. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, remember if you like this, regardless of the type of podcast that we're doing this edition or the ones where I interview somebody straight up, go ahead and hit us up on iTunes. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, send us a friend, share this podcast with your friends and family, especially if you think it brings them value, right? That's, I mean, that's their job, right? That's the idea. Yeah, that's how we grow. So today, what we want to talk to you guys about is the idea that personal trainers and coaches in sports, in CrossFit, all over the place, you guys need to feel empowered to go help other people. And I know that you feel empowered to help them in the group setting and that they've already walked through the door, so they're already paying a membership to whatever facility you're at. But today, Larry and I are going to talk about why it's important that you actually start approaching people to work with you personally in a one-on-one setting. And and Larry, why don't you talk a little bit about kind of what your day looks like so that they know where you're drawing your expertise from? Cool. Yeah. The first the first thing that I want to do is maybe I like I like the word encouraged more than empowered. I don't know if those have different flavors for you at all, but for me, there's to 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 self-empower especially is, is a great thing, but it's, it's a little less, it's a little less reliable and a, it can be a little more delusional than just the idea of being encouraged. Does that make sense a little bit? Sure. Maybe. Okay. So, so I would say encouraged to want to help people. Right. So what is it you want to know about the day? I want, I, I want people who are listening to be like, Oh, this guy, Larry has, has some credibility as opposed to just, Oh, he's Sean's friend. So, we okay. should listen. so right. So the day could, the day could, um, start anywhere from 6am with a client to, um, just being a day during which I am programming and reading as much material as I possibly can and having as many conversations as I possibly can with people who are going to um, make me better suited to just keep doing life, right? Whether that's whether that's with clients or, or, or in general. Um, so client hours a week can be anywhere from um, 30 to 40 uh, one-on-one client hours a week. And I, for any personal trainers or coaches who are working one-on-one with people, I've always thought that my job not only entails 
you know, a session isn't only 60 minutes. It feels like 90. When you work at a computer, uh, you can stretch, you can walk away to the bathroom. You can, you can kind of look around and talk to Martha from accounting. <laughs> but when, if you do things the way, the way I try to do it, 60 minutes of staring at someone's movement and applying all of your energy towards making them better suited to do what you what you want them to do feels like 90. It's really, really energetically costly. Don't get me wrong, I love it. I'm obsessed with it, right? But it's really, really energetically costly. So there's a lot of there's a lot of seeing a lot from people. It's really, really involved. People bring a lot to you and you have to manage so many aspects of, of who they are, not just their workouts. What kind of things? Like I mean people I think people who are listening to this, especially those who are coaching in a group fitness environment who are not getting those conversations with people, they're like yeah, somebody comes in, they want to get fit, they want to get a muscle up, they want to be able to snatch more weight, they want to be able to get jacked. What else do they bring? Yeah, so so a group set, so something that I'm definitely missing is 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 exposure in a group setting, and I think that's something that um, co- group coaches get to enjoy is the luxury of people being able to leave some a little bit of baggage at the door and just ride on the energy of a group, right, and the camaraderie of a group. But in a one-on-one session, you very often become that person's most trusted friend therapist and and it, it it takes it's so much more intimate than a group setting right you can have a moment in a group class where you have an incredible interaction with someone but in a one-on-one in a one-on-one setting the light is shown brightly and there's there's no getting away from that and i just want to jump on board with that because you mentioned that you have limited experience in a group setting i don't Right. I, I don't have a limited experience in a group setting or in a one-on-one setting. My career started as a one-on-one coach. I spent seven years coaching people one-on-one. And then I spent five years or four years really coaching people in groups. So it's not you're you're right on. You know, like yes, the people who are coaching group classes, what we're we're not insinuating that you don't have the ability to make human connection with people in your class. That's not what we're saying. But but what we mean is that when you're in a group setting with somebody, if, if there's 10 people and you have an hour in class, you have to divide that time 60 by 10 and you have six minutes per person per class that you're able to spend. Yeah. You know, even if you spend 15 with one person, that means that the number goes down with everybody else. When you're training somebody one-on-one for one hour, you are with that person for 60 minutes. You have 10 times the opportunity of a 10 person group class for interaction. And that's not to say, that's not to say that one is better or more uh, involved absolutely than the other. L- Logan Gelbrick from, from Deuce, right? He, uh, I don't remember exactly how he put it, but he, he talks about the, the big and the small conversation or kind of like the, the bigger, uh, the bigger scope or, or the smaller scope with the smaller scope being more immediately potent, the bigger one being more, more involved, but a little more diluted, right? So the ability to, to, to kind of manage everyone on about the same wavelength versus uh, the ability to to f- to focus very small both are very very important and it's a skill that I haven't cultivated as much so mm-hmm. so the fact that you're able to speak to that is is really really important yeah so but, I don't but, know that, that well. but, it, but it's true though but I mean you you need to be able to manage both environments but you need to remember that if you they're not the same that's all it's just you know you, you just you can't impact as many people as a one-on-one coach as you can running groups and you can't impact people in a group as much as you can impact somebody one-on-one yeah so what we're talking about today is the idea that you might run a group and you might come across this person maybe Jim always Jim what a bad name for me to choose when I'm talking about going to the gym well if there's anyone named it's not a bad name. Okay, that's important. To so, yeah, it's not a bad name. I, the name Jim is is a fine name, but I was going to say every time Jim comes to the gym, so I think I need to choose a different name. 
So let's say every every time Bob comes to the gym, what's with the look? Just you know, bobs like, his head yeah. walking around. <laughs> Pick a name, Lawrence. Martha. Fine. Every time Martha comes to the from accounting. Every time Martha comes to the gym, you watch her squat and you, you can tell she's frustrated. You know, like she, she doesn't squat to depth or she gets pain every time that she doesn't. Um, her knees are diving in and you can go over to her in the moment during class and tell her to drive her knees out or you can tell her to try to spread the floor with her feet or whatever cue you're trying to use to help her. And you can even stand there and watch her do it appropriately while you have your peripherals on the rest of the class to make sure that she understands what you're telling her to do. But then the next week, Martha comes back and the same problem is, is there again. She doesn't understand why she was supposed to make those changes. So now you grab her after class and you try to have a conversation with Martha. And she's like, yeah, 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 I understand. That's great. Thank you. I really appreciate you pulling me aside after class and telling me about that. But the problem is still there. right? It doesn't get better. Maybe it gets a little bit better. But you know that if you could just work with Martha for an hour. So it's not the lack of her understanding, it's her lack of ability. Correct, it's her lack of proprioception, it's her lack of being able to take the words that you delivered and apply them into her own movement. She doesn't just need coaching, she actually needs training. Yes, right. and she needs coaching. Right. You know, the, She doesn't need cueing, she needs coaching. Right. That's what I would say. So you can only do so much of that in a group and what I want you guys to be comfortable with after Larry and I get done talking about this with you today is going over to Martha and letting her know that there is an opportunity for her to get over the frustration that she experiences every time she comes to the gym and squatting is on the agenda. She can work with you one-on-one -on -one and you can help her get over this frustration. That's what I want you guys to be able to do. Right. And so nice. the reason why I wanted to bring Larry in is because he is a professional one-on-one -on -one coach. It's what he does. And I used to be one, but I think it's always good to have two people from two different perspectives talking about this. And I've had way too many conversations recently with you guys, right? I'm giving you guys the opportunity to connect with me on the Instagram account and drop me your phone number and I'm calling you guys. We're doing video calls and phone calls and all that kind of stuff and we'll continue doing it. And those will start getting produced and you'll be able to actually listen to and watch those shortly. But I've had way too many of those interactions where people are like, man, I wish I could do more of what I love to do, which is coach and train people. But I have to work this other crappy job in the meantime just to make ends meet. And I'm like, no, that's just, it's just unacceptable. And I'm sitting here with a guy who is proving day in and day out that that's not necessary. Um, but you have to be comfortable asking people to work with you. So how do you, Larry... You know, I can talk about how I did it, but I want to get your perspective too. How do you feel comfortable going over to somebody in the gym who is doing something well, not well, whatever, and offering them the opportunity to do it better with you? So the biggest difference between what used to be me and what is me now, right? And I've only recently begun cultivating that comfort, as you put it, right? Um, and I'm not there yet. As, I, as much as I want to be. But the biggest difference between what used to be me and what is me now is that I am 100%, 100% focused on my ability to give that person exactly what they need to get better in terms of their capacity and to feel better about their capacity to perform and relate that to everything that that will help them with their entire lives, right? So, so first of all, it takes 
actually knowing how you can help that person. And I spend a lot of hours trying to figure that out. And I've become very confident about my ability to do that. And on top of that, it comes with, okay, I love, I love people and I really, really want to help them best I can. There's nothing more exhilarating to me than helping someone, whether it's like an old woman telling her that she actually can talk to her son again or helping someone feel better in the bottom of the squat. I, I love doing that. I happen to be good at doing it in this specific way. And so what I do now is only think about how I can help them and with no other intention than kind of inspiring their capacity to do that not necessarily in the moment, but with due time, provide them an example of how they can start to access that path, right? And once they taste that and they're like, wow, that is, that's awesome. That's, that's really exciting. How, how, how do you do that though without having them become your client? Well, so if I have the time and want a new client, I can do that. But first it starts with showing people how you can, as you so, as you so often say, demonstrate value, how you can give them value. Right. But, but so, so what, what I'm getting at is someone's in the gym, whether it's a CrossFit gym or a global gym is irrelevant. Right. And you see poor movement. Right. And, and you know that with poor movement, most likely comes a mindset of frustration around that movement. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so, so you're saying like, they're not your client. You're saying, Oh, I understand. So ask them, ask uh, them the, what their experience is like with X, Y, or Z. Right. How did, how did that feel? Do you enjoy those? Does that hurt? Do you, do you like this? Do you want to get better at it? Mm-hmm. Right. How often, how long you've been doing this? You do this a lot, right? right. Uh, ask them about their experience with it, get them talking about it. Right. And that kind of opens the door to them expressing their frustrations or their contentment. Right? And, and so I'm with you on that, but now, how, so we're there. So now we're having the conversation with somebody and they're like, okay, I know I, I, Larry, I fucking hate it when I have to come in here and do thrusters. Like it's the worst. I find that my, Why? Because I find that my chest is dropping forward. I'm, I'm squeezing the bar with all of my grip because I can't get my elbows high enough. And then I end up pressing it out in some crazy arc. It's not going straight up and straight down. So my shoulders start to hurt by the end of the day. And it just sucks. I'm like, man, I'm 50 years old. What am I coming in here doing? Do you like, the, do you like the idea of thrusters? Yeah, I would love to do thrusters. Okay. Well, that's, well, that's awesome. You, know, you see the other guys in the gym who are like, you know, they're these monsters. They're freaks. And they're doing these things with no problem. And my wife is like, you know, well, we're talking about Martha. So my husband's like, Martha, you're crazy. You know, you don't need to go to the gym Martha, and do this anymore. Martha can have a wife. You're right. Martha can have a wife. But I meant it as Martha was a man. So whatever. You, you throw in the conversation. Martha is a heterosexual woman with a husband. And he says, honey. You, you shouldn't crazy. be doing this. You're maybe killing yourself. Don't worry about what the other kids are doing. There's no reason you need to be doing Correct. thrusters. And, and my contention not Martha's, Sean Pastuch's contention, you want, right. is that your husband in that situation just doesn't understand why it's important to you. And he might never understand that. If you're a guy, your significant other, husband, wife, whatever you want to have, might just not understand why it's important to you. And just because it's not important to somebody else doesn't mean it can't be important to you. It doesn't make them right. So when you come into the gym as an athlete and something frustrates you, or something is bothersome to you, it's okay for you to accept that frustration and that difficulty and to know that you have the opportunity to move past and to do something else, right. to get better at it. Right. It's not okay to look at that frustration and that difficulty and say, oh, because of my age, orthopedic condition, or whatever right, have right, you, right. I just shouldn't do these. Yeah. Because of the opinions of other people who can't relate to what it is that you want to be. There's nothing more deflating than that. No, it sucks. There's nothing more deflating. It's mentally debilitating. Right. So 
and subsequently physically debilitating. Yeah, it's, and it's a slippery slope. If you don't have, if you're, if you look, if you're not going to do this in if, the gym, if you're not going to thrust, eventually you're not going to push press. Eventually, you're not going to want to carry anything overhead. Eventually, you're not going to want to pick your kid up because you're afraid that one time you hurt your shoulder. Correct. You're not going to get cups in the highest shelf. You're going to ask your husband to do it when you're 75, when you very well could be doing all. Yes, you're not playing with a ball. You're not going to Starbucks on your own to get a cup of coffee. Somebody else is going for you. You know, it's it's just a different it's a different life. And I don't want people going down that path. And coaches, I want coaches to understand that they are the ones who hold the key to not having that occur. But the coaches, in my opinion, have a really difficult time reconciling, Martha needs this help and I need to charge her for it. Right. And accepting she actually probably wants to pay for it. Yeah. Well, assuming it's going to help her. You have to assume it's going to help. Right. And, and that's, that's one of the big things because people talk to me a lot. I get a lot of direct messages about this because I talk about the idea of being comfortable getting somebody to buy from you. Right. And I get a lot of messages, emails. Hey, it's not all about the money. I'm like, no, of course it's not all about the money. You know, if, if, if you go into a situation and you're like, hey, I'm going to sell somebody today. You're all you're you're a dick. You're already doing it the wrong way you need to look for what can i bring to somebody as value and is that worth the price that i want to charge for it you know it's i look at it this way when i when i used to sell personal training packages now i sell coaching packages and mentorships and all that kind of stuff i can't sell something that i don't actually think is worth more than what i'm charging for it Right. So if I'm telling you come to a workshop, it's a thousand dollars. I'm like, I can't believe we're only charging a thousand dollars for the, the value that comes from one of our workshops. If I say get into our mentorship program, it's five thousand dollars for, you know, for a five to six month program. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm only charging this amount of money. This is worth so much more than this right. to people. I have no doubt in my mind that I'm delivering more value than I charge. Otherwise, I couldn't do it. But you know what? It should always be that way. You 100%. Should, you should always give people more use value than they can give you money. It should always yes. be that way. Yes. But my point is that if you're if you're the person in the gym who's like, you can't sell yourself. But if somebody said to you, hey, I would train you, Larry. I would give you... 24 hours of training for just $24. Would you buy it? Of course. Right. So, but you'd be screwed. I would be screwed a hundred percent. But my point is that I would like, I don't think anybody out there would feel bad about selling somebody a session for a dollar, not for the person they're selling. Right. Exactly. Right. But so, but so now what happens is, okay, why do you then feel bad charging 70, 80, $100, $200. Do you think it's just as simple as thinking with, do you think it's just as simple as thinking with your wallet, which isn't where you yet, where you want it to be yes. compared to the other person's I, wallet? A hundred percent. I think, I think it's, it's, it's in part that it's, it's in part, you put yourself in that person's shoes and you're like, if I'm going to buy 24 sessions at a hundred dollars a session, that's $2,400. That's a, that's two months of rent as an average across the country, right? That's right. two months of rent in my apartment, my house. Um, no, <laughs> I can't afford to do that. Um, but, but the thing is, if somebody can't afford to do it, but that's what you're worth, then, then maybe that person shouldn't be working with you. Maybe they need to work with somebody else. Right. I mean, look, all, all it would really take were for you to charge what you wanted to charge was for one person who could very comfortably afford it to say, 
Dude, that was amazing. You you, you just you changed everything about how I feel about going to the gym mm-hmm. in one session. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would pay you double for what you just did. All you need to do is to hear that once. I can remember the first time I heard it. Right. I, I remember with at Equinox in Great Neck, right? I remember the client's name, but I won't name him. Right? So I just whispered it to Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to call somebody out on the podcast. But um, I was at the time, the way Equinox worked is I was a tier two trainer. And tier two trainers get, you know, they, they charge X amount of dollars per session. I don't remember the number. Um, and tier three trainers charge more. And I was working with this client already at tier two. And now I become tier three. He His next package he has to buy has to be at the higher value price. And I'm like, oh my God, like I have to ask this guy to buy. Oh, I don't want to. Like he's, he's already trading with me for, you know, 80 bucks an hour. Now he's got to pay 92. Like what? Why? It's the same session. I don't understand. So I went to my boss and I asked him. His name uh, was Joshua Harrison. And he was very, very smart. He was a good, good business mentor at Equinox. And he says, no, no, He's not now going to have to pay more. He has all along been able to pay less. So he's been getting a discount. I'm like, okay. When I think about it that way, it does make me more comfortable. So I didn't say that to him. But I said, hey, Josh, let's go buy more sessions. And there we go. I just... Sold them out, right? <laughs> so I said, let's go buy more sessions. Um, by the way, the package price has gone up from whatever it was to whatever it is. And he's like, yeah, no problem, man. I would pay more than that to work with you. And in that moment. Everything changed for you. Everything changed. I was never again going to be the person who charged a dollar less than that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I think I think a lot of it has. Look, if you feel uncomfortable asking someone for a certain amount of money for something. I think the first thing you have to ask yourself is, am I truly equipped to help this person? Am I truly equipped to help this person? But how does somebody know that? Because I feel like that's one of the conversations that you and I have a lot. Well, look, if 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 you see someone who I'm at this point where I, if I see someone who I know all the constituent parts of a thruster and what goes into be able to do it well and healthfully. <laughs> right. I know how to break that down. I know how to get someone there for someone who does not Asking someone, seeing that someone's thruster sucks or knowing that someone hates doing their thruster as much as they like to do it. For a person who doesn't know how to do all those things, I I personally wouldn't feel comfortable if I saw something and I wasn't confident about being able to lead that person down that path. I wouldn't be comfortable asking someone for a, a top dollar to take them there. Mm-hmm. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, but, but, so, but so do you reduce your rate or do you get them to a different coach? Because there's, there's the other situ- this, another situation that exists is I'm not the best person in the world to help you with this, but I'm definitely the best person in the building to help you with this. Right. And so what 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 I I am a very very big believer of 100% honesty <laughs> and transparency. Right. So I really like saying this is 100% the truth as I see it. I can help you with 75%. I can do a re- I can crush 75% of what you need to be able to do. The other 25% is more advanced that I know I want to do I can ask I, I think there are better people than me to help you with that part however this part will give you enough benefit and set you well on your way to get there at which point let's find someone that can really really take you there does that does, does that make sense yeah. I think identifying what you really feel comfortable doing okay whatever you feel really confident doing is exactly what you can ask people top dollar for if you know that you can crush a task then Focus on how you can lead someone down the path of, of, of absolutely saturating what you can help them with 
and then do it and then charge for it. Yeah. And, and, and so here's the thing. When, when, when you go to a mechanic that you know is great and there is a certain job that this guy can do to your car that you could never do yourself and that you don't want the shady looking auto place to do for you, you're going to go and you're going to charge him more money and you're going to be happy to do it because you're going to know that your car is going to run for the next three years without breaking down. Mm-hmm. It's the same principle. Well, and, and you, you almost took it right out of my mouth. I was going to talk about getting a haircut. How good you feel after you get a haircut, right? And, and how you're willing to oftentimes pay a lot of money for that haircut if, if it's the right one, you know, and, and some people might be listening to this, like, dude, I go to a barber, it's 15 bucks. Great. Do you go to the same barber? Do you wait until your guy is ready for you? Do you, would you rather not have to pay 15 bucks? Would you rather keep that in your pocket? You know, these are all the same things that somebody in the gym is going to go through in their mind before they decide if they want to work with you or not. Yeah. They're not going to walk in and be like, I'm here for my three o'clock training session. I'll take anybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I think a really good exercise for any coach and trainer, uh, one that I tried to adopt on my own, <laughs> is when someone talks to me about something that they want or that they think they want, right? Like, I'd love to be able to do this. Well, the first thing I do in my head is I dig as deeply as I can into why they want that, right? Why, why, why do you want to be able to do that? What does that really offer you, right? It, it goes far beyond having huge arms or being well, able to on. squat this number. I, I'm with you. Lay that out. Sure. Okay. If someone sits down with me for a consultation and says, yeah, I'd love a 500 pound deadlift or yeah, I I just want to do whatever it is. Right. And I say, I know I can help them get to 500 pound deadlift. That's not the important part. I really try to think very hard about why they want a 500 pound deadlift. Unless there's someone who just wants to compete in a powerlifting competition, then it's very clear why you better get your deadlift higher than 500 pounds. But if it's but, really, but, but the same conversation that you're talking about comes up as to why do you want to compete in a powerlifting competition? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Why, why do you want to do this? And it always comes down to, okay, well, I currently am not happy with where I am now. Right. It's always, I want a greater satis- sense of satisfaction about what I can do and who I am. Right. And, and what, and how, what I can do reflects on who I am. Right. People, people, people want to feel better about themselves in general. Okay. So immediately their entire world, I, I try to envision their entire world and it pops up in my head and every single permutation of how, what I can give them is going to make their life better. When they go to visit their friend, John, when they run around with their kids, when they're with their buddies on the beach, when they're at the party, when they're in the gym, all the ways that their life is going to be better by what I can give them. And at that point, the price isn't, of course, the price is, well, this is just what that, this is just what that costs. But let me continue talking to you about all the ways that your life is going to be amazing from you being able to do this. And yeah, I can help you get there. It's just going to happen like this. Demo that, give them a taste of that. And they say, that feels great. Okay. I get it. Oh, this just leads to that. All right. Awesome. And then just walking down that path, walk them downstairs and say, yeah, this costs that. And usually they think about it a little bit. They weren't expecting to do it. They like what you gave them more than they want to have that $150. And that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. They're, they can't wait to sign up. Right. Because the emotional and, and energetic reward of what you can offer them is so much better, so much more valuable than $150. Well, and and to, to summarize that in like a one little... I hope, that was, I hope that wasn't too no, complicated. it was great. It was weird. great. But I want to tie it up in a knot for people who are like, okay, I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. If somebody is telling you that they are afraid to go down the stairs because they're afraid they might fall as they walk down the stairs. I'm, I'm using an extreme example. Most people are not going to be at this level of debilitated before you start working with them. They're in the gym, right? So 
unlikely they're going to be there. Um, so you know what? Screw it. Let me give you a better example. Hey, when I go outside to shovel the snow, I'm worried that I'm going to throw my back out or I'm not going to be able to complete the task myself because of how weak I am. Okay? That's a reality for a lot of people. I don't want to go outside and shovel my snow. You know, it is what it is. I don't have a, a big garage with a lot of space to store a snowblower, so I don't really have a choice. I just have to pull the shovel out of the front closet. But yeah, it's nerve-wracking. Every, every winter, it's nerve-wracking to go outside and shovel snow. If somebody is feeling that way and you walk over to them and you said, hey, for $3,000, that problem can be gone for the rest of your life. Would you pay $3,000 to get rid of that problem for the rest of your life? A lot of people would say, yeah, where do I sign? Where do I give you? How are you going to get rid of this problem for $3,000? Well, so then a lot of people want to know, okay, but how? Of course. Of course. Right. Okay, but how? But now so that's where the conversation comes in. But what I'm trying to explain here is that's what you're doing for people. Right. It's not – if you look at it as a, an exploration and vanity, then yeah, it's going to be hard to justify the cost because – why do you have the vanity desire? Right. Can and, I, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Go no, but, 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 and, but when you look at it as, oh, because they're insecure about X, Y, Z, well, I can clear up that insecurity for this amount of money. Right. Okay. Well, now the process is we're going to train together. I think people forget all the things that they pay for all the time. That's right. Right. People forget their, of courses. Like, of course I pay my phone bill. Of course I brush my teeth. Of course I pay for gas. And of course car. I have cable. Right. All those things, right? Well, I don't have cables, so I can relate, but yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> right, of course but, you know. Right, so of course, of course, I keep myself physically capable, right? Um, can I give a Can I give a recent story? My most recent, Absolutely. kind of inspiring yeah, story. Yeah. All right, um, I like stories. I hope you guys do too. So, um, I've been into brewing, brewing my own beer lately, and as much as Dr. Sean will try to tell you that I have no idea what he's doing. He's never tasted it because he's never had the patience and he'd rather just crap on my beer making efforts than actually try it and concede to the fact that I make an awesome beer. Hold on, hold on. Bef before I let you tell your story, why don't you tell them the story of your first batch of beer? Hold we'll on. get to that. We'll get to that on another episode. No, tell them now. All right. First batch sucked. No, no. All right. I'll tell the story real quick. <laughs> so Larry sends out a text message to like 16 people, most of whom I have no idea who they are. And he's like, it was, Guys, 30, it was 30 people. I sent two 16-person texts. Okay, messages. well, I was only on one of them. Right. So 16 people, whatever it was, whatever you max out your iPhone at. <laughs> and he's like, Guys, amazing news. I am getting into beer making. I'm going to brew my first batch of beer. Who's in? And everybody immediately starts kissing Larry's ass. Oh, my God. That's going to be so good. Can't wait. Oh Hashtag God. bang. Like, can't wait. Everybody is so pumped. So I'm reading these texts. I'm like, you're a bunch of idiots. So I responded. I'm like, yeah, no thanks. I'll wait until you stop screwing this up and try it when you actually get good at it. And how was the first batch? Well, I poured it down the drain. But the second batch... Anyway, so here's the story. Okay, so look. So wait, but did those other 31 people enjoy it? Did they get a sip? And they forget. They forgot. About it. I oh, let them forget about did. that. So I'm getting into beer making. The lesson there, by the way, be honest with people. Right. So I'm getting into beer making, and there is um, an awesome, awesome. Um, kind of game-changing uh, homebrew store called Homebrews and Hand Grenades, local to me. I'll, I'll give that if you want to. The owner's name is Pete, and he's done a lot for people who want to really get into that craft, which is pretty cool. So anyway, so I've been going there, and, and I went in there to pick up my most recent kit to make a stout because it's winter time. And I walk in. The shop is empty except for the owner, all right? And I walk in, and I say, hey, man, what's up? And he goes, uh... 
not not the best day. <laughs> right? So he's like a 37-year-old dude. And first of all, how bad is your day if in your own business establishment you are just like <laughs> dumping it out there about how bad your day is to a customer? Mm-hmm. You can't. That doesn't, it's not a good look. You know, it's not so good. how bad is your day, right? So I go, all right, well, I'm, I'm curious. I want to know. And, and for those of you who don't know, I, I'm ready to talk about anything with anyone at any point, which makes a lot of people uncomfortable, but uh, it makes the people who appreciate that really appreciative. So I go, all right, we're going we're gonna to explore this. And I say, well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. My back is just totally wrecked, dude. It's just messing everything up. Okay. So the first thing I think of is how excited and nervous I am to talk about this because I have helped a lot of low backs. I know that I might be able to help this guy, okay? So I say, well, well, talk to me about it more, right? Just ask him a bunch of questions at it. He talks about it for 10 minutes and all of the things that his low back is making bad in his life. He has an autistic son, which takes extra energy as is. He is afraid to pick up his son's backpack to walk him to the corner. I'm watching this guy bend down to shovel the oats for my oatmeal stout, and it takes him three minutes to get low enough to start shoveling the oats. It's in his own store. He's taking way too long to make $50 than he should because he's afraid to, okay? He can't exercise like he wants to. He can't play sports like he wants to. He can't have fun with his wife like he wants to. And he's afraid of playing with his kid. He's afraid of playing with his nine-year-old kid. The emotional cost of that is huge. He would trade and give anything to improve all those things. He's 37 and he can't enjoy his life anymore. So I walk this guy through every aspect of what he wants to be different. And then I draw him the load versus capacity graph. I say, you need to go get me a pen and a pencil right now, uh, a pen and a piece of paper right now. In his own shop, I say, just get me a pen and paper. And he's looking at me absolutely bewildered. Well, for those of you guys who don't know what the load versus capacity graph is, uh, I I'm believe s- it's on our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, okay. uh, uh, Google it for us. Google Google the load versus capacity graph with Active Life. Active Life, is that yeah. what it is? Dr. Okay. Sean, Performance Care, Active Life. For the, for any, the, you know what? I'll link it to this episode in this story. Coaches and personal trainers, if you do not know what the load versus capacity graph is, learn it and know how to show it to every single client that you have. It is a game changer. And I, like I said, I'll link it in our uh, description for the episode. I draw this guy the load versus capacity graph and I explain to him why his back hurts. Forget the injury he had. I explained to him why his back consistently hurts. All the things that he's doing, all the things that he's not doing that are leading to his back hurting and his life sucking as a result of it. Over the course of the next 20 minutes, okay, nothing else exists between me and this guy and thank goodness no one else came into the store. But he is absolutely sold on the fact that he needs to reduce the number of things that are causing his back to hurt and increase the number of things he can be doing to get him further and further away from back pain. In other words, he needs to be stronger in very important ways that I can help him with. And he needs to reduce the number of things that are making his back hurt, like stress and like uh, just the overload of work and like a poor diet and crappy sleep, okay? So you're not talking about reducing the amount of times he walks his kids to the playground, playing with his kids, carrying his kid's backpack, doing his job. The last thing I want to do is talk to this guy like any traditional orthopedist would if you guys have ever been to one. You just need to do less of those things. This guy is barely doing anything. He's at his wits end and he just wants to be able to hang out with his kid and have fun without worrying about bending down to pick up his eight pound backpack before he takes him to the bus stop. Okay. So 
Long story short, the graph makes perfect sense to him. He is absolutely thrilled with it. And he says, what's next? The next immediate step is, okay, I'm going to assume that your flexibility is missing because you have barely moved it all in the last year. So I'm going to refer you to the best hands-on doctor that I know, Dr. Jeremy Todd. Send him to him to be evaluated first and foremost, because if there is anything that I am currently missing, even though I think I already know what the right things to do are, this is someone that I know knows at least as much of me about how to do that. And I know that someone is licensed to clean up at least his flexibility so he is ready to start moving around so a little bit more. So I clear that from people, you recognize immediately that, that there might be something going on with this guy that's outside of your immediate scope. So send it to somebody whose respect, who has earned your respect enough to be able to say, hey, I want you to make sure, please, that there's nothing here that needs to be cleared up by a doctor prior to me working with them. Find someone with whom you would trust your mother or yourself and send them to that person first. That is the first thing that I did, okay? I spelled it out for him. Here is what you are going to do. It is probably going to take over this many visits for you to achieve this, which is a greater safe range of motion. In that time, you should have much less pain and much less discomfort. And at a certain point, Dr. Jeremy is going to say, hey, you don't need any more flexibility you absolutely have to get strong now. You have to get strong in very specific ways. You don't need to start doing bicep curls and deadlifting 315 pounds. You need very, very specific strength. At which point, he's gonna see me. The first half of his coin is getting flexible. That's the easy part, that takes six weeks. The hard part, the fun part, and the part that gives him continuing dividends is me getting him strong enough to do life safely and without pain. I had my first session with him yesterday and he was thrilled. He bought 24 sessions and he said, look, whatever the price is, whatever, let's do it. It's worth every single penny. I never want to feel that again. And we had our first session. He had absolutely no pain. He understands what we're doing, why we're doing it, where it's going to get him. What more value could I possibly offer him? What did you charge him per session? 95. So he paid up front for 24? Yes, 95 per session. So a few lessons to be learned here. Number one, if you're not the best person in the moment to help somebody, referring the person you're trying to help to the best person to help them does not cost you money. It costs you immediate gratification. But it gains you trust and respect from the person who you're making the referral for. And whether they come back to you or not, you're going to be their guy or you're going to be their girl, the person they trust. When somebody asks them, what happened? How did you feel better? They would say, you know what? This guy, Larry, actually made all these recommendations for me. You should talk to him and see if he needs to go see the doctor or if you can start working with him right away. People, people don't. All right. Take two people. Person A is the one who may or may not know something who isn't really comfortable about saying they don't. It might be this. It might be. No, I think it is. Yeah, I've seen it once like that before. I I don't know. Something like that. Person B is the person who says, I don't know. But you know what? I'm going to find out. And until then, this person might know. Reach out to them. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to have person B's in their life because person B is honest, they are accountable, and they are responsible. If they don't know exactly, to their knowledge, of course, what is best for you, they are going to refer you to the person that they think is best 
while simultaneously trying to find out the best information that they can. That's someone that's dedicated. That's someone that you want in your corner. Someone who knows enough to know that they don't know enough about something. Yeah, the intention is for the client. Yeah. So, 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 so this guy ended up spending $2,280 after paying for the hands-on care for six weeks, which is probably anywhere from 12 to 15 visits at $75. Yeah. And who knows what kind of money this guy has saved? I, you don't know. It, it could be it could be a drop in the bucket for him. It could be a huge chunk of his savings account. Right. But he is clearly it could be a loan. Right. Right. It but, could. But, he's but clearly you, excited. But if you found out it was a loan, you wouldn't feel any less good about the service you no, provide. No, not at all. Because I I know that at the end of the day, he's good. He assuming he's going to have a job, he's going to make an income, he's going to be able to pay it back. I, I know that no matter what, every single day he's happier about being alive. Mm-hmm. He's less afraid. He's more confident, and he has more space and time for enjoyment and fulfillment. And what would you say if he told you all that stuff sounds great? I just can't afford it. I would say okay. Well, there's some, I know some cheaper options. Is exactly what I would say. Mm-hmm. I know I know other people who charge less. With that is the implication that you might have compromised results. Mm-hmm. And people come to, if you give people, I found that if you give people the right information, people make the right decision, right? A lot of this is access information. If, 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 you've, if, you've, if you've been walked through on that path and you just can't make it, the first thing I say is, okay, well, there are other people who, who charge differently. If, they, if I don't want, that's obviously, I know I can help this guy. I want to keep him around, right? So the first thing I'm going to do is try to come up with some other combination of time and price that can suit him that's still even worthwhile for both of us. If he absolutely can't do that, then I say, well, I know maybe some, some other options that, mm-hmm. that can help you. How do you, feel, how do you feel about that in general? I wouldn't sacrifice time or price. If I didn't, for the reason being that I didn't say reduce, I said some come up some with some combination of that he's paying with. Of course, I understand. Um, and, and maybe I'm not understanding what you're saying 100. percent This this is also probably where you're much better at this conversation. <clears throat> well, the business, the topic of this conversation. Yeah, well, I am, well, well right? so the, I'm the, no whiz the idea that. for me is that there's two things, and this is something that I try to explain to coaches all the time, and we can do a whole other episode on this, and we will. But it's the idea of I wouldn't say to the guy, and I'm not suggesting that you said you would. Okay, I would like to see you three times a week, but we can do once a week. So instead of doing 24 sessions, we can do eight. I'm not saying that you said to do that, but I'm saying that you listening to this absolutely should not do that. Because by reducing to the eight from the 24, what you're actually saying is I'm more interested in your money than in fixing your problem because you know deep down that you can't fix their problem in eight sessions. So now what happens? Now you're really just asking for money and you should feel bad about that. The second thing about that is I wouldn't reduce from hour sessions to 30-minute sessions because you might not think you can solve the problem with that either. So, okay, I'm not going to do that. The last thing and what I might do is say, listen, it costs this much money. Sign this line and you don't have to pay it all right now if it's something that you can't afford. Give me a deposit and before the amount of sessions that that deposit covers are performed – you need to pay for the rest. So maybe, for example, somebody can only afford today to pay for six of the 24 sessions at $95 a session. Cool. Pay me 600 bucks. And then before that sixth session is executed, you need to pay for the remaining sessions on the package. Yeah. And see, that's so simple and so perfect and so precise. And, and all I can think about right now is about how people have such a hard time um, – reconciling the fact that you could do amazing things and 
talk about money, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is why it's look business skills like this, like you're talking about these just basic tools that you can have, like what you just came up with. So simply is something that everyone should equip themselves with just because the longer people are thinking about how they can't pay for something up front, the further logarithmically you are decreasing the chances of them signing up for it. Right. And, the further, and, and thereby decreasing their opportunity to overcome their problem. Exactly. Right. So having something very simple like this, that is just a clear benefit for them is just a really great way to get them to get the value that they're so interested in without feeling like they're doing something that they can't handle. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that reason, I think everyone should be learning basic little tools like that. For sure. I, I think that's a great one. I'm going to use it. Yeah. It's one and, I didn't think of. Thank you. You're welcome. And, and the other thing too is as a coach, you know, I know Larry. So I know that if after 24 sessions, this guy says, you know what? I feel okay, but I just don't want to come up with that money again. I'm going to discontinue. You would be more upset that you lost the opportunity to continue to help this person than that you lost the $2,400 that you could replace very easily with somebody else. Yes. Without a doubt. Right. Without so, a doubt. so you need to feel that way. If you're thinking, damn, how am I going to make up that $2,280 that that guy just paid me that I now need to find a new client for, then you're never going to make it up. You know, my first question is, what did I do wrong? Of course. <laughs> you know, right. and, and, and they might say, nothing, no, 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 you were great. It was just, I borrowed $2,280 from a friend and it was hard for me to pay it back. And now, you know, I had to sacrifice my kids little league to do it and all that kind of stuff. But I'm happy because I can play them on the playground. I'm going to use the stuff that you taught me how to do to move forward. And I feel good about it. Then your response as the coach maybe becomes outstanding. Please, please keep my number. And if there's any inkling that something is going on, I want you to call me. I'm free to talk to on the phone about something that might be going on for you that we can maybe help you coach through on the phone. And then I, as a coach, I'm going to call that guy once a month. Yeah. And not say, hey, do you want to buy now? I'm going to call and say, hey, how are you feeling? Because in 24 sessions, I've developed a relationship with this person that is more than just pay for play. Yeah, totally. And and after 24 sessions, it's still near enough to his immense pain and emotional discomfort that you can leave him with. I just need to, you know, I just need to take it on my own for a while that you can say things like, "Okay, absolutely. Take my number and call me if something happens. Please remember that if you do these things, you will have a much better shot. Just please maintain all these things. And I'm confident that you actually can do this all on your own. Maintain these things. I really think that you'll stay in the clear. Immediately, people are either the kind of person who are going to get after it and they can do that, or they know that they're never really going to do it quite as well as if you, when you were coaching them, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to know that they're going to have to pick back up with you if they want to make the same rate of progress that they did. Does that make sense? Yeah, but they're always, they're never going to maintain the rate of progress without you that they had with you. Right. And and it's, it's that's important to people to know. Assuming you've given value, that's okay yes. to, to let them realize. Yes. The question becomes, can, is 80% enough? Right. That, that's what I And can you hit the 80%? Right. right. So guys, I want to wrap this episode up. I hope this is valuable for people. But the take home lesson here is that you're not selling if you're servicing. And the difference becomes if you're walking into the gym thinking about how to make more money, you're not going to make more money. If you're walking into the gym thinking about how to solve people's problems and figuring out what that costs you in terms of energy and what price you want to put on that, then you're going to be successful. Walk into the gym, solve problems for people. Do it for free when you can. If the problem that they have 
requires that you spend more time with them. If you're frustrated at the end of a conversation or the end of a class, you're like, damn, I just wish I could give that person more. Then give them the opportunity to buy more from you. Like there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, there's something wrong with not doing it. Right. I'm with you. And, and, and as a last note, and we'll talk about this in another episode, but for, for brief overview, there's a lot of you out there who are working a second job. You're waitressing, you're working at an admissions office at a college, you're, you know, whatever. And you hate it. Look at how much money you're making from that other job. Because the only reason why you're in that job is the money that you're making. And then ask yourself, how many sessions would I have to be doing per week? How much value would I have to provide in the gym in order to not need that other job? And then go get that. Where, where would you rather spend your time? Yeah. Would you rather spend your time at a restaurant, which could be fine if you love that? Would you rather spend your time in the gym with people? Well, we're talking about they don't like the second job. Right. So my point is get out of it. But don't just quit today and be like, I'm going to go make money in the gym. Figure out how you're going to do it. And we'll talk about that on some other sessions. But again, solve problems for people. People expect you and actually want to solve problems by paying people to help them. You don't want the guy who is coming over to do work on your house to do it for free over and over and over and over again because you begin to feel indentured to them, which you don't want to feel. You'd rather just say, here's the money. You did a job. I paid for it. People in the gym feel the same way. Ask them for it. Deliver the value. Change your life and theirs at the same time. Boom. Good talk. Guys, we'll see you out there. Thank you for listening to the Active Life podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure you head to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating so that we can grow and reach and help more people. If you're looking for more from me and my team, head to performancecarerx.com. All the help you're looking for is right there. Until next time, guys, I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch, and the process is the goal.